Today, joining me on the podcast, I have Paralympian Grace Norman. Grace, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So I read that you were born with, um, apologies if I pronounce this incorrectly, but congenital constriction band syndrome if, in your left leg. So first, can you just talk a little bit about what that is? Yeah, um, so that is correct. I um, was born with congenital constriction band syndrome um, in my left leg, which took my left foot below the knee. Um, so I'm missing my left foot and my right big toe. Um, so what that is, is it's during um, the development process in the womb, um, part of the amniotic sac gets around a part of the body, a limb, um, it can be anywhere on the baby. Um, for me, it was my left and right feet. Um, the sac connected and cut off circulation. And so I was there born without a left foot and um, missing a few toes. How, how old were you when you first were able to really understand this disability or condition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was born, um, I'm, I'm a middle child. I have two sisters. Um, and my family, they raised me very similar to every other child. Um, I went to a very small, um, like elementary school, middle school, high school. And so for me, I never really saw anyone else that was like me. Um, I didn't really think I had anything different. Like I obviously knew I looked different. I had, you know, a a prosthetic foot, um, that like, you know, I could run it into things and it wouldn't hurt, uh, you know, stub my toe and be fine. Um, but I never really, I didn't really understand it. And I definitely didn't call it a disability or anything. Um, because that was just how I was raised. Um, my parents were athletic. Um, my mom ran in college. My dad was a swimmer and my older sister was a really good runner. And so like athletics was just a thing that my family did. Um, and so for me, I just never, saw myself as different or as, um, I don't know, slower. I didn't give myself the Mm -hmm. excuse of, you know, having no foot was going to make me not do anything or pursue my dreams. Um, so for that, I, I guess I didn't really realize that I was, or I guess I didn't identify as an amputee until older, um, Mm -hmm. probably around high school when I saw that amputee sports, um, and Paralympics was actually like, a thing you know and there was a community around that what was your overall like attitude towards I'm gonna call it a disability but were you was there ever a point where you were really angry at and you were just like wow I'm I'm just I really am just frustrated to be born with this or were you overall just pretty grateful and yeah you know I think there's a there's different phases that I've gone through in my life um but I think something that's unique about me is that I was born this way. So for me, I don't know what it's like to have two feet. Um, I, people ask all the time, like, what is it like to have one foot? And I'm like, well, I don't know. What's it like to have two? Like, <laughs> I just never, I've never thought about that. I've definitely thought, um, especially during high school and college um, running, it, it was different as far as some thoughts would come across as, okay, maybe I could be faster if I, um, had two feet, but I didn't, 
I don't like to dwell on those thoughts because for me, um, this is how I was created. Um, I was made this way. And so I have been able to share my story and inspire so many more people with one foot than I probably would have ever been able to do it too. Um, and so it's kind of just taking that as a, it's a blessing in my life. Um, I find my, I am very blessed that I was born this way and didn't have to know what two feet was like and then lose it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I take that as a blessing, but yeah, there's definite times whenever the thought comes in of, oh, maybe I'd be a faster runner or a faster this with two feet, but uh -huh. I definitely try not to <laughs> think too yeah. much. Yeah, I definitely feel like it would be a lot harder for somebody who, you know, like, for example, for me, if, if I had to get my, get a prosthetic leg right now, I'd be very, you know, frustrated, angry, and pretty sad. So, but it's different when you're born with it. I could see that. Yeah. When did you first get involved uh, in sports? Um, I was involved in sports pretty much um, when I was born. Um, I was born in a, into a very athletic family. Like I said, um, I started off playing, I think t-ball was my first sport. Um, quickly realized that t-ball, softball was not my deal. Um, I, I played soccer growing up um, through middle school. And then in middle school, that's when I found running. Um, and I loved it. I was not very fast as a middle schooler, um, but really enjoyed it. I, um, when I was a freshman in high school, I received my first running prosthetic. So before that I was running on your everyday prosthetic that it was basically like running with a brick attached to your foot. <laughs> There's no ankle movement. You're just like, the, the limp is terrible. Like it was so bad. Um, and my time showed for, I was so slow. Um, but that getting that prosthetic, my freshman year, um, if, of high school really turned my running career around and just my, my outlook on sports. Um, I was all of a sudden equalized with everyone else. Um, I was able, I was much faster, which made, makes running a whole lot better, um, in my opinion. Um, but that was kind of when I, I would say that my sports career really took off was whenever I felt that I was finally able to use both legs to their fullest potential, um, and see my times come down, be able to work harder and more efficiently. Um, and that's also around the time when I started noticing um, Paralympic sports and the um, community of Paralympic athletes as well. What was your experience like playing sports against kids since you had a prosthetic leg and they they didn't? Yeah, um, so growing up, that's all I did. I, um, I'm going to use the term able-bodied, so that's like you and um, okay. I guess me uh, – I don't know, a para-athlete, disabled mm -hmm. athlete. Um, but so I grew up just competing in able-bodied sports, um, basketball, uh, soccer, swimming, track and field, cross country. Um, and so for me, I, I never saw anything different, but it was always interesting hearing what other people had to say about it. Um, I just, you know, towed the line like everyone else. And after the race, I would have people, I would, you know, be walking by and hear conversations of I can't believe the girl with one foot beat me and like <laughs> <laughs> like I was like 
Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, but I mean, for me, I just, I never saw myself as different. I, there was obviously a, it, it's more challenging without two feet and having the, the cement symmetry that your body was created to have. Um, but I just used it as more fuel to my fire. Um, I love beating people with two feet. <laughs> it's, but to me, I just, I love competition. I'm a very competitive person. So, mm -hmm. um, competing in that able-bodied world was just, it's just my, my type of thing. <laughs> uh -huh. When did you first get involved in triathlon? Um, so I believe I was probably around a freshman in high school, freshman, um, like probably I was going into my sophomore year of high school. So that was probably, uh, 2000 and 14 maybe yeah 2014 um my dad decided he wanted to start triathlon and I I had already been swimming and running in high school and so I was like I'm sure I could figure out this biking thing um and so I just thought it was cool that it was three different sports in one race um and I started out by just doing like local triathlons um I'm from Ohio and so I would just do little local ones there. And I instantly fell in love with it. Um, I had no idea that, that was going to take me to where it is now. Do you think track or triathlon is more challenging for you? Um, I would definitely say triathlon is more challenging. Um, I, my first love is definitely track. I grew up as a runner. Um, I, I ran all throughout high school and college. Um, and so I have a lot of experience in it. I, I've raced triathlon at a professional level now for around seven years, but um, I'm still learning new things every day because triathlon, you have to be excellent at three different sports. Um, and each sport has its different skills that are needed. You know, when, in running, you have to be technical around corners and your form, but cycling, you have to make sure you don't crash and go around corners, right? And swimming you have to learn how to sight and be in open water and not being able to see and so there's so many elements that make up a triathlon to be good at it is just so challenging but that's the fun in it for me mm -hmm. do you still compete in track so I just graduated college um, from Cedarville University a year ago and that's where my track career ended um, I competed in the 2016 Paralympics in both track and triathlon. Um, but this coming Paralympics, they have decided to not continue, um, the 400 meter, which I competed in Rio in. Um, so they, they cut that event for my disability category. Um, and so that's as low as I go. I don't go down into the 200 meter. Mm -hmm. Um, so well, what about the longer events? Yeah. So I grew up in college. I was um, a miler and up. Um, but for Paralympics, it's very different as to what events they put in. So, um, there are so many different disability sport categories, as far as like, um, different limbs, different disabilities that they can't have every single event for, um, every, uh, category. So for my specific category of missing, um, my left leg below the knee, they only have, I think, the discus, long jump, and 200 meter. 
Okay. Um, and I'm not a thrower. I'm not a jumper and I'm not mm-hmm. a sprinter. So um, that kind of wiped me out, but I can continue to compete in like, um, like other longer stuff. I can just get it qualified under. Um, so I, I can hold world records in 800, 1500, 5k, but I can't compete at a Paralympic level at that. Mm-hmm. So I know you won a gold medal in Rio. What what was that like? That was um it was pretty pretty incredible. Um my journey was very short leading into that Paralympic Games. Um I I was 18. I was one of the youngest um US athletes to compete. Um and I had just graduated high school, was in the middle of high school and college, um, went to Rio and I had never beat the, the lady, the woman who placed second, I had never beat her before, um, leading into that, those games. And so I was definitely not favored to win. Um, wait, 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 wait. So how old were you when you were competing? I was 18 years old. Jeez. <laughs> Can I continue? Yeah. So, um, and I was the youngest competitor in that race. Um, all the other women I believe were at least five to 10 years older than me in that race. Um, so I was, I was a baby compared to them. Um, and it was just a, it was an incredible race. I, so many things went right, um, that I was like, just speechless by the time I finished. Um, it was just an incredible experience. The The atmosphere at the Paralympic Games is something that is hard to match any other races. Um, and it was just incredible to be able to represent my country being so young um, and then taking gold for the first ever Paralympic triathlon event was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the race, the race was pretty awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. You previously mentioned how there were like different disability categories for each event. So how does that work? Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So each sport has their own classification system. So track is different than triathlon. Um, Uh I'll focus on triathlon because it's a little bit easier. Well, track makes more sense. Track is basically like, all right, you're missing. They have like 60 to 70 categories because they take everything very like missing one leg from below the knee. All right. All you guys are in a category. All right. Missing two legs below the knee, but, um, triathlon is a bit different. There are only six different categories for everyone that gets, um, classified into the Paralympics for triathlon. Um, they go from most impaired to least impaired one through six. So ones are your wheelchair athletes. Um, twos are, most of the time you'll see above the knee amputees. Um, and so like they're the most severe impaired besides wheelchair. So any ambulatory, which means walking, able to walk on their own athletes that are severely impaired. Threes are your, your like, they're not severe, but they're not mild. They're just kind of in there. You see a lot of your neurological um, athletes um, and, you see some double below the knee amputees fours. So this is where it gets tricky because everyone should think that I don't belong in my category. Fours are your below the knee amputees and above elbow on your arm amputees. Fives are 
this, the least impaired, they are below elbow amputees and everyone who have all of their limbs and just have like a, um, some kind of like calf malfunction or something. Um, but for some reason I am classed as a five. So I race, I'm the only below the knee amputee um, in the world that's classed as a five. So I race all below elbow amputee. And then sixes are your um, visually impaired athletes who have a guide with them. Okay. That's kind of the breakdown okay. of the categories. Mm -hmm. A little bit confusing, but. What are some of the proudest moments of your career so far? Um, yeah, wow. I think one of them um, was in high school. I became the first female amputee to podium at a state track meet. Um, I podiumed in the mile my junior year of high school. Um, and then I made it to state again in my senior year. Um, those were just, that was just an incredible race. I, I leaned and beat a girl out to medal by 0.01 and you're a runner, you know what that comes down mm -hmm. to, you know, that lean as a distance runner is just like, no one does mm -hmm. that. Um, that was definitely one of my top moments. Um, second is definitely, I mean, not second, but just another one is definitely the um, gold medal in triathlon. Mm -hmm. You just can't beat that. Um, mm -hmm. It was just an incredible race. Everything went well. Um, also in that games, I uh, won the bronze medal in the 400 meters, um, which is an incredible feat in its, of itself. But when you look at the timing of how it was, um, the triathlon was on Sunday where I laid everything out there was dead. I had to wake up on Monday and run the final for the 400 meter. Um, so less than 48 hours, I had to race again. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it was just incredible. I set a new American record in the 400 meter, won a bronze medal. Um, and yeah, I, I guess anything else to round out the career was just finishing my um, collegiate running career, um, running varsity all four years, um, and just really having a solid time there. What did you study in college? I studied nursing. Are you currently a nurse? Yeah. So I, um, I have my license to practice. I'm not currently practicing. Um, I am postponing that until at least after this summer's games. Um, Right now, I'm just fully focused on training, but my goal is to be a nurse um, in practice as well as professional athlete um, because I, I put my my time uh -huh. into it um, and I, I do love it. I love helping people and I have that that type of spirit. Mm -hmm. What are your goals for this year at the Olympics, assuming they happen? Yeah, I as of now, they're, they're a go, um, which is really exciting. Uh, you know, it's been five years since the last one instead of four. Um, but my, my goal is to repeat gold again. Um, I would love to defend my title. And I also have, it's, it's going to be different this year because of all the quarantine probably going to have to happen. But, um, I felt like in 2016, I was so young. I was new. I, I didn't really know like to take it all in better, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. I remember some, but like, I didn't take a ton of pictures. Like I wish I had more memories from it. 
Um, so just do a better job of just taking it all in and um, being grateful and um, excited. But definite goal is to win gold again. Mm-hmm. How do you support yourself financially doing all this? Do you have any sponsors? Yeah, so um, <laughs> being a professional triathlete is not very lucrative, um, at least right now. <laughs> it was it was very difficult um, a few years ago because I was still in college. I was not allowed to accept uh, prize money. I was not allowed to accept sponsorship deals or anything. Um, when the pandemic hit, I decided to... I, my, you know, senior track season was taken away from me, um, in college. And so I decided to turn pro and start working on trying to get as many sponsors as possible. Um, so I have a really talented agent that I, that works for me, um, and works with me and we've landed some really good deals leading into this season. So I, um, I'm sponsored by Shimano and stages for biking and, um, then a USA Triathlon Foundation and my, um, and Oser, which is the prosthetic company that it's the prosthetic running blade. Um, and so they, they make a lot of all different prosthetic feet, but especially the blade that I use for running. Um, and so that helps, but a lot of those, um, sponsors are, are products, but mm-hmm. they are, built around like a bonus schedule. So it depends on how I do in races, um, with no, with no racing in the past year, it was really difficult. Um, I didn't, I, I lost a lot of money with, um, just, I had to live, you know, you have to pay rent and, and gas and food. And, um, without races, I lost a lot of money. Um, but as of right now, um, the USA triathlon, does issue national team members um a monthly stipend it's not enough to live off of um so i'm kind of in this like zone of you know using what i've saved from the past i guess you know 10 years Uh um and then just kind of waiting till after the game seeing how those turn out and then i'm gonna work after that (laughs) Mm -hmm. so after the games are you planning on continuing your professional triathlon career or just becoming a nurse and starting your starting that career um right now the goal is to continue uh professional triathlon um I would like to get a few more games um in in as my career uh so after this one this will be my second games I would like to do a total of four or five um games that's another like jeez uh, yeah like eight to 12 years Uh (laughs) um but I think nursing and triathlon can go hand in hand I probably would have to work part-time um and take off like the two years leading into the games when it becomes a little bit more serious um but yeah I will see how um like sponsors and financially what what will have to happen but um yeah, I'm not ready to throw in the towel mm-hmm. yet on triathlon. <laughs> Out of running, biking, and swimming, do you have a favorite? Uh, definitely, I would say running is my favorite, just because I, I grew up a runner. I, I love it. Um, that's what I started in. That's what I have most experience in. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm, I'm one of the strongest runners in the field, so it just makes it a little more fun to have that edge. Do you have a least favorite? Well, 
it used to be biking because I just wasn't very good at it. Um, but I've had to put a lot of work on the bike recently just to get better. Um, but it's still probably one of my least favorite, um, just because it, it's so foreign to me, but I've had to put a lot more time into it. So it's becoming more of my best friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, if I was a triathlete, my least favorite would be swimming. I just, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just hate being in the pool. Uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It definitely is an interesting time. <laughs> in the middle of a triathlon race, uh, is there anything that's different for you? Is there anything different that you have to do in the middle of a race that makes it kind of harder for you? And I know you're competing against people, um, with your same disability category, but just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So for me, um, what's different whenever I reach the end of the swim, most people get out and run to transition. Um, for me, I can't run right away. Um, we have what's called swim exit handlers in paratriathlon. And so there's, there are people who, um, based on the color of your swim cap, will give you either no assistance, one person, or two people. Um, And so that's based on the color of your swim cap. Um, My swim cap is always yellow. That means I get one person. So that's a hopping buddy. So they help me hop from the water's edge to something that's called pre-transition, where all the athletes' prosthetics are. So that's where I'll find my biking prosthetic. Um, And that's where I can put it on quickly and then run into transition. Um, another thing that's, uh, different than an able-bodied athlete is between the bike and the run. I don't just switch shoes. I switch prosthetics. And so, um, I take off the, the biking prosthetic and put on the running prosthetic and that, you know, it takes about 20 to 30 seconds. Um, mm-hmm. and then I put on the shoe and everything's good. Um, and I think that's about, that's about it. The transitions and the, yeah, I guess transitions are pretty much the mm-hmm. end of wearing a prosthetics whereas mm-hmm. people, but I don't wear prosthetics. For somebody not, for someone not familiar with triathlon, what is, what does a normal race distance look like? Like how, how much do you swim? How much do you bike? And how much do you run? Yeah. Um, so for me, for a paratriathlon, we do a sprint distance, which, you know, sounds short, but when you put it all together, it's not quite so short. Um, the swim is just under a half mile. So it's 750 meters. The bike is a 20 K. So it's around 12.4 miles. And then the run is a 5 K. So 3.1 miles. How long does that take around in total? Uh, normally it takes just over an hour around like an hour and five to an hour and seven mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. have you ever thought about moving up in distance to like things like the iron man you know maybe when i'm like a lot older i'm 23 years old right now mm-hmm. and wow I you're think still 23 yeah still very i just graduated college still pretty young in the sport um so i have a long ways uh maybe when i'm like I don't know, 45 or something. I'll think about like long course stuff. But right now the sprint distance is kind of my favorite. I, I'm not opposed to doing like Olympic distance, which is double what I do now. Um, but Ironman, that's, that's so long. <laughs> what does a normal day in the life look like for you right now? 
yeah um my life is extremely strict so i um i'm living right now in south bend indiana my coach lives 15 minutes from me um a normal day will be waking up around 6 45 or 7 a.m um have a small first breakfast of probably like oatmeal then i normally do um a first session of like we'll, we'll say yeah we'll say it'll be um like a hard run session in the morning um and this isn't every day but like on a workout day when i'm doing mm -hmm. all three um i'll do a hard run i will go straight to the pool after the hard run and do like um you know around a 40 minute flush set of just getting that run out come back eat um a lot <laughs> um take a nap of around you know an hour to an hour and a half um wake up eat a snack and then go on the bike for around um two hours and then come home and eat and then um the evening is normally filled with emails and doing um recovery things and exercises as far as like mobility work um and then i'm in bed by 8 30. <laughs> well when you say your uh your day is pretty strict is that because you make it like that or you know your coach is is just having you do all these things really strictly at this time yeah um we we work as a team but he sets the expectations as far as how he thinks the process should be um and i sign on to that and so he lays out the day um schedules it of be here at this time here at this time take a nap now eat this um and so it's it's pretty much um i i'm not allowed to leave south bend right now um, I'm not I, allowed i i mean maybe but it's a very i this is pretty much where i am for the next um unless if it's sanctioned by like a, a race or a um like this is kind of just where i'm hunkered down for the next few months just mm -hmm. to make sure i don't have any distractions and i'm able to do everything and stay safe and um mm -hmm. yeah so it's it, we're a team but um the process is pretty strict mm -hmm. making my life pretty strict <laughs> uh, yeah you mentioned you go to bed at you you try to go to bed by 8 30 every night and i'm the same way but that's pretty that's pretty early for the majority of people um and you you also said you wake up at around seven so you're getting a, a lot of sleep how, how do you have time to get that much sleep and just focus that much on your training yeah um i i have noticed over the years how important sleep is for me um mm -hmm. and i've tried skimping out or going to bed at irregular times and waking up at you know sleeping in and everything um but right now i pretty much go to bed when the sun goes down and wake up when the sun comes up um and for me it's just um it's also difficult because i was a student and like going through mm -hmm. high school and college i was not like this you know i went to bed at you know 10 one night midnight one the next night you know sleeping till noon if i could you know and so like my life has drastically changed um now just being able to focus on my athletics and my career that i've chosen um but for me what i found super helpful in making sure i get to bed on time is just 
really good time management throughout the day. Um, so that means the night before I sit down with my planner and my schedule and I write out, all right, at this time I'm here and this time I'm doing this and this time I'm doing that. So that way everything has a place and it's like more cemented in my mind and I'm able to do it instead of like forgetting things. So I'm a little bit of a scatterbrain sometimes. So it's good to be able to write it down and follow it. And mm -hmm. then the more you do it, the easier it gets, because believe me, when I, it's really difficult. I'm, I'm dating someone who's not an athlete. He's a musician. Um, and so his life is more of a nightlife. I am in bed by 8 30 and it's like, don't call me past nine. Like I will not answer. Um, so trying to, you know, get people's schedules around mine, um, mm -hmm. is a little bit difficult because people don't really like going mm -hmm. to bed at 8 30. <laughs> yeah. I like going to bed at 8 30 and, um, my schedule is a little bit different than yours. I don't have the luxury of waking up at like 7 a.m. I wake up at 4 a.m. to get my workout in. But I mean, that's how I like it. I don't complain at all. I just, that's what I like to do. I'm a, I'm a big morning person. It feels great waking up at like 4 a.m. when nobody else is up. And then by the time I log into school at uh, 7.30 in the morning, I already got a nice breakfast and nice workout in. There it feels great. But I do wish I could have time for more sleep because I can't really, I can't really go to sleep that much earlier than 8 p.m. Oh yeah, you're you're doing well. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, how do you spend your free time? Um, all right. Or, or what do you like to do for fun? Like you mentioned, yeah. with your boyfriend. Yeah. Um. Right now, I, I am not really allowed to do much outside of my like energy is a huge thing for me. So. I, anything that's going to take a lot of energy from me, I don't do. So like, I don't like to go, um, standing in places or walking a lot. I like to kind of, I'm kind of a cheetah in that where I just kind of like lay around if I can and then work really hard when I yeah. have to. Um, so I, I really like playing piano. Um, I played piano for, I guess I'm 23. So like, I don't know, close to 17 years or so. Um, and I was able to bring my keyboard to my new place here and be able to play a lot. Um, I've taken up quilting, which is definitely a old lady skill, but it, it gives me something to do that exercises my brain in a different way. Um, so I like doing that. I love baking. Um, I try to bake something at least, you know, once or twice a week. Um, that's something I've found really, not just baking, but taking things taking time for myself, um, and doing things that are going to help recharge myself. Um, because living this strict life of like, you know, no, like saying no to everything, like, no, I can't go out and, you know, have a drink. I can't like stay up past nine o'clock. Like I have mm -hmm. to be in, like, um, it can be really tiring and exhausting and hard, you know, um, I'm someone who I don't like saying no, I like to say yes to things and I love having fun. And so to say no to everything is, mm -hmm. can be hard. Um, so I found something like find taking time to do, you know, something once or twice a week, that's going to refill my cup is going to be so beneficial and help me help this lifestyle be sustainable, at least for the next mm -hmm. you know three months until it really matters. Um, so that's where I've, you know, taking up quilting and baking and, um, music has just been super helpful and like life giving to me. Uh, what are some of your favorite places you've had the opportunity to travel to? Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess I haven't gotten to travel in quite a while, but, um, 
I, I loved Brazil. Brazil was incredible, not just, you know, the Paralympics, but I was able to kind of, um, I was able to actually go and, and sightsee a bit around Brazil, which was really, really cool. Most places I go for races, um, I'm there to race. I'm, you know, there under a week and I pretty much just stick in either around my hotel. Um, don't do a lot of exploring, which is kind of a bummer, but um, I loved Brazil. It was beautiful. The people were so kind. And um, next to that was probably Japan. Japan is a beautiful country, um, so clean and so respectful. Um, I, I raced there the past, you know, four years, didn't race there this year, um, but will this summer. Um, definitely looking forward to going back. Uh, another place was Switzerland. Switzerland was gorgeous. Um, the waters were so clear, um, which was, is big for me because I don't like murky water. It scares me so much. So the clear water of Switzerland was really pretty. Um, yeah, those are definitely my top three. Have you dealt with any setbacks over your career? Definitely. Yes. Um, like any athlete, I mean, I think most athletes have, um, injuries, um, mm -hmm. different things that's been, that's been some of the biggest, um, I, I've had a few overuse injuries, um, stress reactions in my foot. Um, I pulled a groin, I broke my wrist. Um, I like pulled something or had a small tear in my shoulder. Um, so I've definitely had my fair share of injuries throughout, you know, high school, college, mm -hmm. college. Um, and it's been hard, but you know, each, each one definitely heals on its own timing. How's your training going right now? Right now, um, it's pretty good. I, I, I'm injury free, which is really nice. Um, able to train with my coach, which is, um, a big thing. I, before I moved here, which I just moved here a month ago, uh, I was living in Florida and was pretty much doing all my training alone. So it's been really nice to have my coach and teammates and people to <laughs> train with. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going really strong. We leave in a week. Um, no, 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 no. We leave in like three days for um, a race in a week um, in the, the UK and Leeds. So we're getting excited for that. Awesome. Well, Grace, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Uh, good luck on your goals uh, for the rest of the season and for the rest of your career. Thank you so much.